Hey everyone, it's Katie. Before we get started here today, I would like to just take a moment to let you know that we are finally on Facebook. I created a page the other day between Zoom meetings, and so please go check that out. That is going to be your best platform to get additional free content, conversations, pictures, videos. You know, I did a photo shoot the other day with my roommate, Douglas, aka Teal Death, the drag queen. So some of those pictures are on there. The Facebook page is Out to Adult. We are also on Instagram and Twitter as Adult Out. And you can email us anytime you want with comments, ideas for topics, and your own coming out stories or any other kind of stories covering the topics that we've talked about on the show at outtoadult at gmail.com. I'd also like to ask you again to please share this podcast. If this is something you're enjoying, please share it with your friends, your Facebook groups, coworkers, family, really anybody who listens to podcasts, because that's the whole reason that we started this is a lot of my friends have some pretty solid advice about a lot of aspects of life that people out there can really benefit from, especially maybe if they're the younger queer generation who is struggling with some of the topics that we've talked about on our show, or really, even if you don't want advice, but you want to just laugh along with us, please share the show so that we can grow our fan base and continue making content for you. All right, we'll get you over to the show. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me, and I hope you enjoy it. Goodbye for now. All right, are you good to go? I'm great. Do you have your drink in your hand? Yes. Okay. I'm going to need you to speak into the microphone so that our audience at home can hear us. You asked me to pick up my drink, which was to my side. and I, I also asked you to speak in your stage voice, and I'm not hearing that yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pretend you're giving a presentation at work. Yeah, that this is better than that. Sure. Speak a little louder. Okay. Great. <laughs> Good grief. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot Ladies and gentle queers, people of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Out to Adult. This is Katie, and today I have with me Ashley of Turkey Attack fame. And Sock uh, Story. Oh, and the sock story, yes. This is the girl who dated someone and they're crazy, ended up on a sitcom. You may hear the cat moving around in the background. His name is George. Uh, He's in jail. Cat jail. It's a rough life. He should have behaved. He never behaves. True. That is true. It's just different levels of non-behavior. Sure. All right. I can get down with that. Ashley and I have been quarantining together for like two and a half weeks, three weeks. I don't know. The days run together now. And we are in Oakland, California. Ashley works for a company that was maybe the one of the first in the United States to actually shut down because of the virus. So she works in San Francisco and they had a couple of people in the building test positive. So they're like, nope, everybody works from home. So she's been out of San Francisco for like six weeks, seven weeks. How long? Yeah, like six weeks now, but we were not the first. Even after that girl tested positive, we were not mandatory at home. They kept saying because we were not a tech company, we couldn't be expected to work from home for two more weeks Mm. before they were like, yeah, you guys got to stay at home. 
even though every single one of your employees has their own laptop. Yes. Fantastic. Not a tech company. And, and we work at home at least one day a week. Anyways. Yes. Fun stuff. Corporate America, folks. Okay. So that's exciting stuff for us. We've gone on a couple of hikes, socially distanced. Been to the grocery store, the allotted once per week. We have gone Except on- for that supplemental trip we made for more ice cream. That, that wasn't a whole week? It was two days later. Mm. Well, it was on <laughs> sale. It was keto ice cream and it's on sale. And today we are drinking a keto-friendly, I don't even know, flavored sparkling water with vodka? Is yes. that? Yeah, great. I have got a blackberry raspberry going. And Ashley, what flavor do you have? Uh, grape. Grape. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like grape soda and vodka. To me, it tastes like cough syrup. So that's why I switched to the blackberry. It reminds me of underage drinking. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> reminds me of, of my eighth grade year. Good times. Today, everyone, we are going to be talking about moving to a new city. Ashley has plenty of experience with this, and she is about to move into her eighth city, ninth city, 15th. What is it? Oh, She's counting. Wait. She's doing the math in her head. Her eyes are rolling back. She's adding. <laughs> She's carrying the two. I don't know. Like, yeah, like eight sounds correct. We think it's eight. Ish. Ish. We're going to let Ashley take it away after I give you this brief introduction. On a couple of episodes, I know that Lisa and I have specifically talked about how to make new friends in a city and that kind of stuff. And we have moved back and forth across the country. Ashley has actually moved further than us, including an eight-month stint in Australia. So, Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you have moved and the different reasons that have brought you to the cities? Okay, so the first time I ever moved somewhere where, like, all on my own. Stop. Where are you from? I am originally from Manchester, Maine, Maine. which is a suburb. It's a town that's right outside. Is of it a, a village? It's a village that is right outside of Augusta, Maine, which is the capital of Maine, which people don't know. Yeah. Nobody really cares about Maine. They don't get enough love. Also, they're huge. Fun fact about me being from Maine. So if any of you guys have heard the sock story, that same ex-girlfriend refused to ever refer to Maine by the correct name. She said that all of those states that began with M were basically the same and they didn't warrant her remembering which was which. So she would refer to where I was from as, oh yeah, so back in Michigan, or yeah, you mean in Montana, whenever I tried to say anything about Maine. Also note, um, one time I was saying something and I mentioned the phrase New England, And she just looked at me and just said, no, we don't talk like that. That's insane. (laughs) And to this day, I still don't know what that meant. (laughs) Oh, and that's why she's your ex. (laughs) That and other reasons. A lot of reasons. (laughs) Oh my gosh. One interesting thing to me about Maine is Maine is just like full of lakes. So like Mm -hmm. if you look at it, if you zoom in on a map, it's just like full of lakes. So it's not solid land. Mm-hmm. Even like if you go down south of Maine and like start looking at Vermont and New Hampshire, it looks like solid land, but yeah. Maine doesn't look like solid land. It's lake just upon like, lake upon lake. Yeah. So it's just like the land that's going in between the lake. That's how part of um, Canada looks. So I wonder if it's so far north in like the 
ancient glaciers and whatnot just turned every valley into a lake. Three edges of Maine are bordered by Canada. That's exciting. File that one away for the uh, trivia. Okay, so you're from Maine. The first time you ever moved anywhere. Well, the first time I ever moved anywhere, I was in elementary school and I moved to Georgia with my family. Quite a big leap. So when I was in elementary and middle school, we lived in between the two. So like I would go to Georgia for the full school year. And then when school got out for the summer, we would go back to Maine and we would stay there until school started back up again. And then we would go back to Georgia. That's cool. Did your parents go with you every time? Like, were your parents able to work remotely or how did that work? So my mom took us back to Maine and then my dad would come visit when we were in Maine. And then he lived with us when we were in Georgia. I mean, that's nice of him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley's parents are still married, folks, and they still have their home in Georgia. And they still like each other. They do. Yeah. Like, they're very good. They're super cute. Yeah. I've met them just the once. They're like buddies. That's great. That's how you should be. Yeah. Maybe they should have a little music video about how much they love each other. We're happy and we're singing and we're buddies. We should have them do a video of, like, how they spend the day together during quarantine. Doing puzzles and drinking wine? Yeah. I like it. (laughs) They could get a following. (laughs) That's a trend. That is a trend worthy to follow. The other day, my mom bought like eight bags of mulch and like spread two of them. (laughs) But she like took pictures of the eight unspread bags and then she took a picture of the final project And then I guess she felt guilty about like making people think that she spread all eight bags and then like confessed in the comments. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome. That is so pure. That's how my that's how my parents are spending quarantine. That's healthy. That's safe. I like it. I dig it. Don't force yourself to spread all eight bags of mulch in the same day. Yeah. You know what, you guys? You do you. There's no rush. There's no hurry. Pace yourself. Yeah. Pace yourself. You do as much as you feel like it. And then you retire for a cocktail. Yeah, I like it. That seems like solid advice. Okay, so when you were six, you moved to Atlanta, Georgia. That's that's the South. Very different than Maine. But Very also, different. both are different than the West Coast of the United States. We're all a big jumble of mess. Okay, so after that, you were primarily in Georgia, at least for school. Yes, and then when I was in high school, I started saying in Georgia full time. That's nice of you. And then when I graduated, I had applied to like a bunch of schools, but the one I picked ended up being in Waterville, Maine, which is in the middle of the state. Middle of nowhere. Nothing around. And I decided that that was where I had to go, despite the (laughs) fact that I didn't know anyone else going there. The school has 1,600 students at any given time, so it's like super, super small. That's smaller than a lot of high schools. Yes. It was smaller than my high school. Wow. 1,600. 1,600. Dang. Mine had 32,000. Yeah, I think my high school was like 2,000. Yikes. And out of that 16,000 or 1,600, about an entire class year is off campus studying abroad at any given time. So it's even smaller than that. For everyone. That's a given. Not for everyone, but for like a good percentage of people. So for everyone. So for like 75%. I like it. Where did you spend your summer abroad? Okay. Well, do you want to finish the story before we Oh, move? sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. It's my show, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Waterville, Maine to go to college 
all by myself. And, what school? Colby College. What? What? Yeah. What was your mascot? The white mules. <laughs> it's listen the imagery is just of a drug mule that's the yeah, first thing that comes it's to like my mind we entered something as a dark horse and emerged as a white mule i don't know you might have been a native american mascot in the past that had to change it possible no they've been the white mules for like forever okay fine i like it and i'll just edit this part out but Bowden, one of our rival schools also in dun, dun, dun. Was the polar bears fitting for hockey games because hockey was the big sport and not football? Hold on, let me try and explain hockey to the rest <laughs> of the world that doesn't have ice. I'm from California. Our water doesn't freeze, right? And so my first year in Massachusetts, I went to my very first ever hockey game. Love it. I love it. I walked in from the hallway, like where you get your snacks and everything, like that area. And I walked through the gates to go to our seats and you feel this blast of cold air because they have to keep the ice frozen. That's part of the game, right? This is one of the best sports to watch live ever, ever. They're on skates. They're hitting each other with sticks. They're trying to move a puck that you can barely see. It's going 115 miles an hour. It's fantastic. And I think it's a real shame that the rest of the United States and many places of the world will never get to experience playing hockey, ice hockey. Yeah, and it's basically a rule that you have to watch it trashed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a game that you're like watching sober and you're like, this is super entertaining. But when you're drunk and watching- Will you shut your mouth? Watching guys no. beat each other over the head with their hockey sticks. Always entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Always entertaining. So you all know that I lived in Boston for several years and the Boston Bruins have a rival, the Montreal Canadiens. They're both originally NHL hockey teams and they go way back. And this was like my second hockey game ever. Huge rival, so much so that like when you go get your beers, you're limited to only one beer per person instead of the typical two because during the heated rivalries, you get a little extra tipsy and you fight a little bit more. And so during the game, there were at least three people in my section who were escorted out of the game. After the game, we're exiting. Everyone's having a raucous good time. And we cross this group of young 20-year-olds. And there are Canadians and they're Americans. And the boys are fighting, of course. And the girlfriends are like, ugh, like, stop this madness. Let's just go to the bar. And one of the Canadian girlfriends just stops and yells at the American guy being a fool and says, stop this. Can't we all just get along? Aren't we all human? In his response, no, you're from Quebec. As if that answered everything. As if no, United States cannot possibly agree with anything that any Canadian hockey player, hockey fan has to say. And that was like the prime, my best, my most favorite hockey fan memory was just the like hatred between the Boston fans and the Canadian fans. And it was insane and I love it. And that's what living in a sports town will do. But I digress. I'll get away from the sports for everyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Ashley, go ahead. Well, at my school, the hockey rivalry between us and Bowdoin, which is what I was originally talking about. Sorry about it. I got it. Listen, I'm a passionate person. 
we would we would like chant god hates bowden oh no <laughs> and occasionally like some guys would like rip the head off of stuffed polar bears because that was their mascot that's very godlike of them and throw the heads onto the ice god would be proud yeah mhm yeah cuz our our <laughs> like our our um our our mascot was the white mules but that wasn't going to stop us from desecrating their much better mascot. Sure. Did those people who were ripping the head off the other person's mascot know that they were giving money to the other team every time they bought a mascot to rip its head off? I'm not positive they bought it. Like, Didn't put that together? I don't think they like bought them from Bowdoin. I think they probably just like got them from Walmart. All right, Walmart, you're welcome. I don't think that Bowdoin owns polar bears likenesses. Probably. Uh-huh. They should trademark it. They should. They didn't get on the market early enough. Yeah. Um, that New England s- small college needs to get on <laughs> trademarking mass market <laughs> entire animal. <laughs> That's right. Listen, polar bear, they're going extinct. You better get it while you last. After moving to Maine, back to Maine, to go to this super small college, when I was a junior, I decided to study abroad like a lot of the people in my junior class did. My major was history and my minor was classics. Because I'm sorry. Did I know that about you? Yes. I mean, I've told you. That you're a history major. Yeah. But did I know it in my soul? Like, did I make sure I told you specifically when you were sober? No. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Yeah. So I, I was a history major with a classics minor because I wanted to be really well prepared for the, the real world. And the Renaissance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means that I spent a lot of time translating classic Latin texts and no time learning foreign languages. So my study abroad options <laughs> were limited to places where they speak English. So you got the UK. Yes. Canada. Malaysia. I mean, let's face it. Most of the rest of the world was smart enough to teach their kids a second language. Third, fourth, seventh. Not the United States. Well, but I also needed to like go to school in English. Yeah, other countries have that. Anyways. Anyways, I decided to go to Australia. I Wait, I'm sorry. I was not speaking into the microphone. Yeah, I speak decided, into the microphone, Ashley. I decided to go to Australia, specifically the tropics. I picked another super tiny school. Like it was like a satellite campus so that I could go to school in the middle of the rainforest next to the Great Barrier Reef. I... Very much stand by that choice because it was an amazing experience. That is awesome. The education was so subpar. I basically just like showed up half the time and I got all A's. Listen, at that point though, it's not about your education. It's about your life experience and your real world education. In my marine biology class, which we like went out to the Great Barrier Reef and like swam around and took pictures of animals, I that is badass. Yeah, I told my teacher, I'm like, look at this shark I found. And she looks at it and she's like, that's a barracuda. That's not a shark. <laughs> and she still gave me, gave me an A. Aww, so that was nice of her. Yeah. Them. What town were you actually in? Uh, Let's give them a shout out. Maybe we have listeners. We have listeners in Australia. Hey, Australia. Want Ashley to come back? Want me to come back? Want us both to come back? So how's that barrier reef going? So the, not great. It's, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm so sad. It's terrible. I have so many pictures and like that doesn't exist of anymore. Of when it, when it's, when it's in its prime. Yeah. 
All those sharks that I took pictures of that were not sharks. Mm-hmm. They didn't bite you. Wait, none of them were sharks? You didn't even see a single great oh, white no, shark. Oh, no, 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 no. I, no, I didn't see a single great white shark. Ever? No, they don't, they're not up by the reefs. Listen, when I went to Australia, they specifically told us, do not get drunk and swim in the ocean because we will get eaten by a great white. Where in Australia were you? Queensland. Yeah, no, you're not going to get eaten by a great white. There's like a million- Everybody told us. Is that just a thing you guys tell Americans? Well, there's like a million other things that will kill you, but one of them is not great. Box jellyfish. Yeah, there's so many. Saltwater crocodile. Yes, you're in much bigger danger from a crocodile than a great white, unless you're gonna, unless you're like gonna get in the water and swim like miles out to sea. No, what am I, Dara Torres? No, not swimming that far. You will probably die. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, they specifically told our entire team of white American girls, do not go in the ocean. You will get eaten by a shark. Listen, brilliant brilliant propaganda if it's not true because it worked well they might have thought that that was less alarming than listing off all of the things that might kill you i appreciate it because when i first got there they had us listen to like a 30 minute video of all the ways we could die at the beach Mm -hmm. and then when it was over they're like okay now time for your surfing lesson (laughs) (laughs) nope nope the way they did it to us was better. Okay, carrying on. Sorry. Yeah, so I went to Australia by myself, and then I went back to college. Nobody from your school was going to Australia? Yeah, like these two guys that went to my school apparently also went there, not with my program. They just like went there and lived in an apartment near the school. So I'm not 100% sure all of that was legit. Sure. But they did. Um, and I just like randomly ran into them. <laughs> One day in town, ran into these two guys from my super small small school in Maine in this super small town in Australia. And I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, we rented an apartment. That's kind of awesome. So actually, there's one more that like I didn't even remember to put on the sheet when we were Mm -hmm. note taking. Um, But between my junior and senior year, um, I decided not to go home for the summer. Okay. And instead I went to Boston by myself. Nice. And I was thinking, I'm like, well, I have this completely useless major and minor (laughs) that have no real world applicability. And my school doesn't really teach anything with real world applicability. So I went for the summer to BU, uh, Boston University. Sucks too. BU. That's the Boston College chant. I don't know if you're familiar. I considered going there, but I did not know that was her chant. I've heard it on the streets. Like her polar bear masochism. That's not a word. That's not the right word. Masochism? Yes. Massacre. Massacre, maybe, is what you're... All three of those are words. Um, What was I saying? So you went Maine, Georgia, Maine, Australia, Maine, Boston. And you're now at your junior, between your junior and senior year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then I went back to Maine to be a senior. As you do. Yeah. And when I graduated, I was either going to go to Boston, back to Boston, where I would have known people, or my other option was to move to Los Angeles, where I didn't know anyone, 
But I had recently just watched all of The L Word. And as a newly identified lesbian, that sounded a lot cooler. So I did that. Yeah. Way cooler. Way cooler. Way cooler. A lot more street cred. Yeah. So. um, So you're in L.A. Yeah. So I moved to L.A. Being a lesbian like you do. Yes. I moved to L.A. by myself. And I had no friends and my life was nothing like the L word. So I was actively trying to make friends and I went online and I Googled how to make friends as an adult. Listen, now there's an episode of our podcast for that. I think that's the exact name. How to make friends as an adult. It is. Episode one, folks, out to adult. Well, at the time, your, your podcast didn't come up. Sure. And what did come up was like this list of like eight ways to make friends as an adult. Mm. And the first seven were all things that I'd already done. Okay. So at least you're trying. You're out there. But I still didn't have the friends that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So number eight on the list said something like IDK try Craigslist. So <laughs> <laughs> like the writer had just given up options and was like, ah, try yeah. Craigslist. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm going to try that. So I went on Craigslist and I went to like women looking for women platonic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was reading through all of the ads and I finally came across one that looked like semi-coherent. Okay. And the, the title of it was like looking for a new queer BFF. And I was like, oh, like this person could be legit. So I messaged her and we met up and that girl ended up being my best friend in Los Angeles for multiple years. And through her, I met my friend group and got my L word experience in LA just like I had wanted. Oh my God. So you really did get the L word experience, the full vibe. Yes. Okay. So Ashley did exactly what you're supposed to do when you meet new people. And that is one of the things, leverage your new relationships to expand the pool of potential new friends and relationships, right? Everyone you meet is a portal to even more people. And I think it's important to be aware of that and be aware of the connections that you could be making. All right, so you're in LA. Did you have a job before you left? Did I have a job before I left LA? No, before you got to LA. Oh, no, that's a really long, boring story. We don't want to get into that. You moved to L.A. with no friends and no job. Well, I moved there to go to law school. Oh, okay. You forgot to mention that part. Which I did do, and I did do very well. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I didn't want to be a lawyer. So I became an analyst for a fashion company instead. And that's worked well. It has. It's all falling into place suddenly, somehow, eight years later. Right. Well, and then from (laughs) L.A., you lived there for five or six years. Then you moved to San Francisco, where you continued to be an analyst. And now your next career as another analyst at another company is bringing you to your next move. Wait, should we say in? We haven't covered moving to San Francisco yet. Well, I just did right there. Okay. Uh, to your next new career, your next new position in Sacramento. Yes. So over the last 12-ish years, you've moved like seven times. Great. So that's the where, that's the why, school, careers, lesbian dream. Great. Now, 
let's get into the how of it. The how do you prepare yourself to move to a new city? And then once you do get there, how do you acclimate to the new city? What steps do you take? And any tips you have for our listeners who might be moving to an unfamiliar spot? Okay, so my most of my my moves before like want to go, I had no planning for. I was just basically like, hey, that looks fun. Let's try it out. And I it didn't end badly. So just do what you want to do. <laughs> Terrible advice. It's horrible advice. But no, now- we need actual, okay. we need actual information. So you know you're moving to a new city. What do you do before you pack up and move? Do you research the city? What do you do? So the thing, number one, that you do that makes the move so much easier. I'm talking before you move. Before you move. The thing that you do that makes everything so much easier is you order real packing supplies and you order them in sufficient quantities to get your entire place packed up. You don't do it in used Amazon boxes and throwing things into milk crates. You get actual boxes that are meant for moving and you label the boxes with what's inside and which room it should go to. It will make all the difference when you finally get to your new place. I like that. Now, do you research the city you're about to move to? Like crime, places to move, like like suburbs of the city to live in, apartment complexes. How much research do you do before you actually take the leap and move to the new city? So I've heard you're supposed to do that, but I personally don't. You're kidding. <laughs> So you just so just wing so, it and oh, hope for the best. Jesus. That's how I ended up here, which is like possibly the safest part of Oakland. It's still Oakland. Yeah, it's way better than most parts of Oakland. I mean, it's not Compton. It's still Oakland. It's really nice. Like there's a tree outside this my window. There's nothing nice. There is a giant tree outside my window. This is California. Yeah, I've lived in places where there were no trees near any of my windows. That's so. insane. Okay, so apparently Ashley throws caution to the wind, <laughs> does not give any Fs about the city she's moving into, the safety of it, the cost, the crime rate, doesn't care, just wants to live her life like an L-word lesbian, did it, check, it worked for her, fantastic. And you're gonna wanna use quality packaging I would agree with that as someone who's moved a lot myself. Good quality boxes, clearly labeled, are a massive time saver. Don't just throw things in a box and label it miscellaneous. You'll hate yourself later. Okay, so now, Ashley, you, our audience, we're in the next city. We're here. We have three boxes of unpacked, and it's the bathroom, and it's our pajamas. What else you got for us? Now what are we doing once we get to the new city? Okay, so this tip comes from my mom. Great. One of the first things you do when you get to your new place is you need to figure out where your grocery store is and you need to go get groceries. Why? Well, where this comes from is I had just moved into a new apartment and like I called my mom like hysterical about like all the things that were wrong. 
she asked me, when was the last time you ate anything? And I said, that has nothing to do with this. That has nothing to do with my hysteria. Everything is so much bigger than that. Eating something will not help. And she was like, yeah, okay. Famous last words. Sounds right. So after I got off the phone with her, after telling her there was no way that I was going to go get groceries because that was not important right now, I went and got groceries. Good job. And brought them home. And I made myself a grilled cheese. Mm -hmm. And after eating that grilled cheese, everything was 80% better and way more tackleable. So rule number one, before you freak out about the move you just made, get groceries and eat something. I like that. Okay, so you're in the new city. You get your groceries. You probably know where it is your job is if you've moved there for a job. If you don't know anybody in the area, how are you going to go about making friends? You already told this story. So I feel like one of my biggest takeaways from moving so much is that you can't wait to have friends to live the life you want. If there are things that you want to be doing, if there's certain ways that you want your life to be looking, you need to go ahead and live your life that way. Go ahead and have those experiences. Don't be waiting for your life to look the way you think it's supposed to before you start living it the way you want to. Grade A advice. Do not wait for people to live the life that you want. Live the life that you want and then let those people find a way in. Figure out where in your life you have room for people and let them come and go as you dictate, not as they dictate. Because otherwise you're going to be missing out on a whole hell of a lot of opportunities. What's possessed you to move from place to place? Why are you so free? Why are you so, um, why are you so okay with doing it? I think that moving is something that sparks fear in a lot of people. I think just change in general makes us apprehensive. So how do you as an individual handle such huge amounts of change really on a biannual basis? I think that change is exciting. I think that like if you look at the way your life is now and you throw in a move to a new place, experience, new experiences, new people, it can only make your life more exciting. That's a cool way to look at it. Now, have you ever run into situations where you're in a new town and it takes you a few months to get going? Oh, yeah. Like every single time. One of the like major takeaways I have from moving a lot is that you need to give it a year. Like mm -hmm. the first year is going to suck a lot. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs and you're not going to have any kind of grounding. Um, you're going to second guess yourself. You're going to wonder if you made a huge mistake, but you need to stick it out for that year and see how those changes you made end up like what takes shape after you make that move mm -hmm. before you decide whether or not it's something you want to keep long term or if you want to move on I would definitely say like if you move somewhere and four months in you hate it and you want to move back and this was the worst thing you ever did in your life then you're like, kind of on par for the course that's maybe how you're supposed to feel yeah like you did it right mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to be scary in a lot of ways especially if you're moving to a city where you don't really know anybody if you're starting over in any way yeah, it's scary, but give yourself time to figure out the life that you want to live because you moved 
to that city for a reason. You just got to keep that reason in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely like I, you definitely need to stick it out and stick it out, I would say, for a year. And at the end of that 12 months, if you're like at that point, this wasn't the right decision, mm-hmm. then move on. But give it time. Give it time to get over that initial hump of like everything is different now. Everything sucks before you throw in the towel and decide that change is just universally bad. I think that's great advice. And I think that that is a good timeline. I think within about eight or nine months, you can certainly start seeing steps in the right direction, steps in the direction that you want to go. But only if you yourself are actively driving towards the results that you want. You can't sit back for eight months and then after 12 months wonder why nothing has changed. You have to be the change that you desire. You have to actively pursue the things that you want in your life. And so when you move to a new city, just know that that's a fact. Know that you're going to have to give yourself some time and know that there are plenty of other people who have already done this. Plenty of other people in the same boat as you are. And that's okay. But also like in addition to being like the driver of it, like you also need to learn and be able to like sit with that discomfort of like everything is different now nothing is the same, but that doesn't mean anything is wrong. And sitting with discomfort is one of the, one I think one of the hardest things to do as a person is to just sit there, say, yes, this sucks, but it will come to pass, but it will pass. So we look at our lives, we say, yes, you know, I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I am on my way. And part of being on my way is just sitting here and waiting and getting used to the new normal. And insert global pandemic here. Yeah. And I would actually say that probably moving a lot is one way to get comfortable really quickly with that discomfort. So like if you're someone that can't get comfortable with discomfort, mm-hmm. just just throw it just, away and move just, every other yeah, year. Just, just routinely discard the routine and you will eventually get used to it. Um, Only if that's the type of person you are. If you are moving to a city to settle down and that's what you're after, stick true to your goal. If you're after new adventures in city after city, great. Keep moving. Follow Ashley's advice. Move every other year. But if you're looking to settle down somewhere, maybe don't move quite so often. I'm just saying if you're one of those people where like any kind of uncomfortableness throws your life off whack, just get rid of all the comfortable. Oh, good God. That sounds terrible. Sounds like torture, man. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I think one move every five-ish years (laughs) for me is great. It's good enough. Also, I hate packing, so I would never be good at this. Oh, it's the worst. Every single time I move, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. That was (laughs) the most traumatizing thing I've ever gone through. And yet I did it less than two years ago and I'm about to do it again. Yeah. And then you're going to do it in nine months after your lease is up. Yep. Sorry. Yes. Um, One thing, keep me on track with this. Anytime I try to buy anything, remind me that I'm going to need to pack it. Oh, good point. Because I've just been saying don't <laughs> buy anything until you buy a house. No, anything. But if I'm don't. like, if I'm like, man, I need more spoons. Just be no, like, you don't. You're going to have to pack you're that. Gonna have to pack you're going to have to bubble wrap that in your custom bought packaging supplies. Yeah. Don't do it. Not worth it. It's a spoon. Yeah. You can buy it from Walmart after you move to your final destination. Yeah. 
How many people need 12 spoons, Ashley? Three. You can have three spoons. But you don't like my spoons. I don't like your spoons. Get three new spoons after (laughs) you end up at your final house. (laughs) And then you get a family of four packs. So four spoons, four forks, four knives. You're golden. You don't need anything. You don't need any more than that. You're a single woman. You're great. Well, you live in an apartment by yourself. You don't need to entertain anybody. You're great. You don't need much more than that. No. 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 You're fine. Okay, in summary, moving around is fun. It can lead to a lot of new experiences. Ice hockey, great sport to watch live, maybe not necessarily on TV, but you do you. Australia, good times, failing barrier reef. Ashley and I went to two very different parts of the country, but we both had a great time and we would both be back. We love you, Australia. We were in the same part of the country. That's not what you told me earlier. No, I said we were in the same part of the country and that's how I knew that your thing that you said was incorrect. Listen, Australia, what you're telling the tourists to save our lives, we don't care if it's a lie. We just care that we are alive enough to come back to our own country. And we appreciate you for that. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. We appreciate that. Don't care if it's a lie. Do not care. And once you get to your new city, get yourself some groceries so that you don't have any hangry attacks. Get yourself some friends. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to get some friends or a social life or whatever. And really, you have about a year in your new city to make life the way you want to make it. Anything else, Ashley? Um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier. Of course. Is definitely if you're on, if you're single, so you're on dating apps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leverage the people that you're meeting to make new friends. So like, so you're saying don't only use dating apps to meet new girlfriends. Correct. What? If only we had an episode that talked all about this. But my caveat to that is also don't get too hung up on this person I met off a dating app is my new BFF. Uh -uh. Until Mm -mm. you confirm that they're okay with not dating you and instead being friends. And also that they're not a serial killer. Oh, I'm not concerned about that. I routinely try to get serial killed. I did that with you. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't move to a city for someone else unless you've actually met them and you think it'll go somewhere. And then even that, Don't let them be the only person in the town that you know. Yes. No, that's too much lesbian drama. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's too stereotypical. Do you know people that have moved to a city that they have never been to before? Yes. To be with someone that they barely know? Yes. Hashtag, yeah. Been there. Not me. Yeah, I know plenty of people. And I'm sure some of our listeners know that too. Some of our listeners might be those people. And you know what? Good for you that you have such a positive outlook. I'm all about that realist attitude. And I just think more often than not, you're going to get burned. But still, again, you do you. Anything else to add, Ashley? Anything else you forgot? I think that's it. Okay. You think that's it. How are you feeling? How are you doing since that turkey attack? Um, I have turkey PTSD. It's true, you guys. She does. Every time we've gone on a walk now since the attack, we can't go within like a three block radius of where the turkey usually lives. Yeah, no, we're not going anywhere near his house. 
we've on more than one occasion been forced to cross the street because we are treading too close to the turkey's house. And Ashley gets a little a little nervous. We had to cross the street because one day he was about to attack the two-year-old child and I needed to get away from that. Also true. But don't worry, that two-year-old child's father protected him. He's fine. We think. We're pretty sure. None we of did. them were still there when we came back the other direction. So we, True. Hope, we think it ended. We well. didn't hear any sirens. Nope. We didn't see any news reports about it. He's probably fine. Also, there's a metal turkey in Katie's garage. Oh, that yeah. I, it holds my wine. That I refuse to go near. Yep, it's true. But it's a wine holder and it's cute. And my mom got it for me for Christmas. So there, it's staying. It's supposed to have a beak, but it got lost. Yeah, tried to attack someone and lost it. Yeah. I mean, it's different. I think that that metal turkey has scratched me more times than the live turkey attack. Yeah, well, the live turkey attack never actually touched you. I had to kick it three times. You air kicked it and didn't actually make contact with it. Your memory is appalling. <laughs> I don't remember you actually kicking you the turkey. You were in a heightened state of shock pre PTSD. Sure. Oh my God. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like this show, if you like any of the shows we've done, please, please, please tell your friends about us. Tell your Facebook groups, tell your support group, tell your uncles, tell your cousins, whoever you want. Spread us all around because that is the way that we can keep making more content for you. The more listeners we have, the more inspired we become, and the more content we can create and talk to folks just like you. We hope you had a great time listening to us. We've had an exciting time telling you these stories and we will talk to you next time. Stay safe, everybody. This is Katie. This is Ashley. Goodbye. Leave her a message on iTunes. I read them all to her and she gets very upset. And she gets very excited at all of your words of encouragement. Thank you. We've laughed. We've cried. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. I'm also going to need you to stop saying um. Oh, that's not going to happen. You got to try. Okay. So, I. (laughs) It's better if you don't say anything than if you say an um. It's easier to edit out. Okay. Thanks. So, I. So, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 22 years old. Um, Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. You know, in those high school public speaking classes, when you have to go up and do your like two and a half minute presentation and somebody in the audience counts the number of times you say, um, I think every single American needs that on like a quarterly basis because we say it a lot and I don't think we realize, and I don't think we realize 
until you start editing your own podcast. Also, the term like entirely overused. My mom, when she originally listened to, um, my mom, when she originally listened to the sock story on your phone, mm-hmm. she told me that she was really surprised that I didn't say like that much. Aww. And then you put it in your podcast and she called me specifically to take that statement oh, back no. and tell me that I did say like a lot. <laughs> it's a little harsh. A little hard. Yikes. Oh, no. Yeah. So, okay. So, I. I wonder what she's going to say about this episode. We will find out together. We'll find out. Um, 